Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 717, recorded live on March 12th, 2022. And here are your hosts, the man who is hopefully in good health tonight, Dave Pillay. <coughs> Hi. And the man who's going to have his mute button on standby, Andy Lowe. Hi. No, no, my my mute button, not yours. No, I, I get it that that you're you're not feeling well, and so you're going to be ready to mute yourself. Yes, I have a box of Kleenex here. I, I was wondering. There's kind of a like super nasal, like super as in above, not like amazingly like huge amount of, but just like more than your normal like nasalness. Because like you you do have a slightly nasally just kind of normal voice. That is well, yeah. Normally, yes, but this is I am I'm stuffed. Yeah, dude, Andy, I I get that. Like, we have this thing, and we want to do this thing, and we do this thing every week. But, dude, it's daylight saving tonight. So right now, as we are starting this, it is effectively midnight. Andy, go to bed. <laughs> no, I'm I'm fine. It's I'm I'm past Andy. Most of it. Go to bed. I will sit here and play Horizon Forbidden West for another hour and a half, and then I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> it's daylight saving. You have two children, and you're not feeling well. What the hell is wrong with you? I'm good. I'm actually going to probably take off this. I've got a fleece on right now. i got to take this off. Hold on one second. You see, look at that. I used my mute button. Ha-ha. <laughs> That's fine. I'm texting your wife to be like, why aren't you in bed? <laughs> I'm okay. If we can get this done in a reasonable amount of time, it should be fine. Andy, it's us. Reasonable amount of time? A normal amount of do time? You, do, you, do you understand the purpose of this show? <laughs> well, the original purpose of this show was to get the media passes, right? I mean, yes and no. Um, <laughs> I, I am, I'm like, I'm holding my fingers very close together, and I am this close, Andy, to just like signing off and not giving you the option. Well, I'd rather do it now than uh huh tomorrow. Okay, you know, not doing it for a week is also an option. But we're here. We're already started. We've managed yes. to kill four minutes. So, I if you if you God, I it's, it's all right. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. But we can do it. Let's do it. Hi, Andy. Hello. I'd ask how you are, but I think I already know. I'm 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 doing much better. It, it was I think it was uh, I had to do some stuff out at the transmitter site, and. And you think that's where you might have caught something? Yes. Because it's not Just the cleanest environment. Outside. Plus, um, the transmitter itself is an old tube transmitter. Oh, so, so, so radio transmitters do get you sick. That's, that's confirmed. You heard it here, folks, from a technician from a radio station and, like, radio company Dave. working on the transmitters. He got sick. COVID comes from 5G, confirmed. So many things wrong with that statement. 
Oh, God, man. No, there was there was one point. I'm not sure if we talked about it on there, but we were actually notified by the state police that you were um, responsible for the coronavirus. I mean, no. we just covered that, Andy. We know. No, that we were notified by the police that you know yes. some of the Facebook groups <clears throat> were trying to target cell towers. Because they thought, yeah, 5G and what all that other fun stuff. Was causing the coronavirus. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever the or other. Just, yeah. Yeah, all that 5G stuff. And they were pointing out the fact that some of the people on Facebook mm-hmm. didn't know the difference between a cell phone tower and a radio tower. And so. I mean, they're just both big metal sticks pointing up, right? In a five year old's mind, yes. <laughs> or sorry, E-L-I-5. four year old. Sorry, no. Isaac is four years old right now. Yes, God, I'm, that... I'm pretty sure when he's five, Andy, it it won't have changed that much. I don't know. He he was actually asking me about towers and um, transmitters. Well, TV towers and um, different because he he's into a list of the tallest buildings and things. Yeah. So you know he knows the difference between a tower and a building. More then, than I do. Yep. Remember, Dave, you cannot live at the CN Tower. Watch me. All right, so here's here's my question then, Andy. If you cannot live at the CN Tower, is it still a tower if someone lives there? Uh, what was the other? There was some other um, criteria at the time, wasn't there? I'm trying to remember what the other criteria was. Because there's actually like a, a center for high-rise buildings or something that actually like distinguishes between buildings and towers. Because of course there's a there's an organization out there specifically for you know high-rise buildings. Right, and they don't want to be confused with the organization for high-rise towers. No, but of course you know naming your building the Willis Tower. Yeah, that that's that get that's a stick in Isaac's craw like nobody's business. <laughs> But it's not a tower. Yes, no, he's he's very adamant about it, especially if I'm trying to look up a list for towers. And he's like, how come this doesn't have the CN Tower? Well, you're looking on a list of buildings. Well, I want a list of towers. Okay, I look at a list of towers. How come this list of towers doesn't have the Willis Tower? Because the Willis Tower isn't a tower. It's a bit, yeah. And the new one was the uh, Kuala Lumpur. Well, Andy, couldn't, couldn't you just... Buy, not buy, but like look up a list of the tallest man-made structures. Would that not include both towers and buildings? Are you talking on the list of tallest freestanding structures on Wikipedia? Because yes, I've looked that up before. As as opposed to assisted structures? Like, what is a not freestanding structure? Guy wires. Oh, I suppose. Because if you're just looking up the tallest structures... Um, you know, people have tried to argue that some oil platforms and guide towers are the world's tallest man-made objects. Because the oil platform goes down to the ocean floor? Yes. See, I... Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I know. There's, there's a lot of people who are like, who have thought about that the same way. It's just like, really? I mean, like, I could go up in a plane with like two miles of rope. <laughs> and drop the rope out of the plane, like have the plane fly or a helicopter fly like two miles up and just drop the rope and have someone tie it to the ground. Does that make 
that the tallest man-made structure? I don't know. The um, I was actually thinking about that because uh, one of his videos uh, <clears throat> he was watching was like tallest buildings of the future, and they brought up space elevator. Yeah. My thought was, how come we haven't just taken a whole crap ton of steel cable up to like the ISS or something and just slowly fed it out the door? Well, A, the ISS is not in a stationary orbit. Yes, I know. So, so <laughs> there's a small problem there. But, you know, uh, how come, how come we haven't cable... taken some sort of, you know, satellite or something that, you know, is... It doesn't have to be in geostationary orbit, but at least, you know... Oh, it definitely does. It definitely does. We can't just have it propel- propulsioned? I mean, it... Okay, so it doesn't have to be at the geostationary level, but it has to be in sync with the ground. Yes, that's what I meant. So you would have a, you would have a satellite okay. with some sort of propulsionary force to keep it at the same spot. Okay, except you have to then fuel said satellite, and you have to keep it fueled. Right, it's going to have to, wherever it is, it's going to have to constantly be accelerating. Yes. So that it is staying above that spot on the ground. I don't know, some like ion drive yeah. or something? I, I, Andy, this, ion this drives are super slow, do, I know. Do you know how much propulsion is given by an ion drive? It's it's very slow. It will take a long time for it to Yeah, but you're you're thinking of something in a vacuum, Andy. At the height that you're talking about, it's still like there's atmospheric drag. Yep. And even if there weren't atmospheric drag at the satellite, there'd be atmospheric drag on the miles and miles of steel cable. So instead of a straight line down to the Earth, it would be just a curve. A, it would be a curve. B, it would slow down the satellite. Yeah, that's true. And so you'd have to add more propulsion. You're right. (laughs) <laughs> sorry it's just the, like why don't we just fly cable up and drop it down to the ground because it wouldn't work that's why because it's a bad idea all right here we go tallest guide mast in the world is currently 2063 feet that's half a mile that would put it at number five on that's, the world's tallest it, structure buildings okay yeah not even half a mile World's tallest structures. Burj Khalifa, 2,722 feet. Okay. <clears throat> I wonder how many antenna they have at the top of that building. Oh, at the Burj Khalifa? Yeah. I don't know. Like the entire top has to just be coated in antennas. Well, somebody's bound to have an idea of what's on the top. I mean, just go Google image search, top of Burj Khalifa. There are several pictures of people sitting at the very top of the Burj Khalifa, which is terrifying. Will Smith is up there? Why would Will Smith go up there? Uh, For the best shape of my life. Oh. Tom Cruise has also been to the top of the Burj Khalifa. 46 maintenance levels in the spire. Okay, let's see. Where's the number five? What? No, number five. Oh, that page is no longer found. Well, shoot. <laughs> Stupid internet. <clears throat> it is a very tall building. Yes. Tower? Building. Building. I assume people live in the Burj Khalifa. Yes. Uh, there are 900 apartments in the tower. 
Only 900 Due to slumping demand in Dubai's property market, the rents in the Burj Khalifa plummeted 40% some 10 months after its opening. Uh-huh. Look at this great big building here. Well, that's actually what's going on in New York City right now with a bunch of their big, huge, tall um, residential skyscrapers is that um, a lot of the people bought the properties as investments and are not actually using them as residential properties. Mm-hmm. So they're just literally holding on to them, hoping that somebody else is going to want them and are using them as an investment property without actually renting them out. But like rent it out and make the money. I don't know. I think there's a rule in New York City about that. Thanks to, you know, things like Airbnb. Yep. Sorry, you, you just made me remember a, um, a Woody Allen routine. There's a law in New York State about driving with a live moose on your car. <laughs> what? It's it's a routine when he would do stand up about um that he he shot a moose. He was driving in upstate New York and he shot a moose. Man, I forgot that Woody Allen actually did stand up way back when. He was really good at it. <clears throat> okay. Well, that's I don't even know how we got on this. <laughs> uh how did we get on this? We were talking I, about towers. Sure. You okay. were talking about um uh space elevators. Yes. Okay. Now, so if communi- you can- communication and broadcast floors are 156 to 159, and the mechanical floors are 160 to 163. Okay. Um, if you want to look at a, a really cool, like, actually probably more likely than space elevator future, have you looked up a skyhook? Wasn't that what they did to uh, put the landers or the rovers on Mars? No, Sky Crane. That was a Sky no, Crane. That's a Sky Crane. You want to look at a Sky Hook. Oh. Wait, there we go. That's kind of uh <laughs> It makes sense. Right? So they've done studies on this, they've looked at it, and the concept is actually relatively sound. Uh there's a really good Kurtzkazak video about it, and it in it they talk about how uh what we really want is a small sky hook or several small sky hooks on Earth and then go to Mars and build a sky hook using Deimos, one of the two satellites, the two, like, giant rocks floating around Mars, and that you could could build a sky hook that is big enough and powerful enough that it opens up um, interplanetary travel and that Deimos has so much angular momentum it is it is not rotating very fast but it's massive right it's really really big and it has enough angular momentum that yeah even like robbing it with the skyhook you're not going to make a dent on a side note i've never i've seen his uh videos isaac has watched some of his videos i've never actually knew how to pronounce them kurtzgesagt yes in a nutshell? Yes. I think they had a video about it when they changed their name. They were like, we're tired of no one being able to pronounce our name. So we're just calling it in a nutshell. No, he's had some good videos. So. Yeah, no, they're, and it's not just he. Like, it is a group. Oh, okay. Uh, Kurtz Kazak is definitely a group of people. Um, and they, they are indeed very talented. I highly recommend... You watch the Skyhook video. All right, I'll put it on my watch later. <clears throat> okay. I'm slowly getting through those because now I just put uh, 
put the YouTube videos on while I'm driving. Because 90% of the time, I don't actually need to look at the video. I just need the audio. Yeah, I've done that too. Uh, I would recommend not doing that with this one, because the visuals really help. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> so, like, put it on your watch later, but don't don't put it on while you're driving. Meanwhile, I am so ready for, like, self-driving cars. Well, did you know that there's a topic on this list about self-driving cars? You know, as I said, I am so ready for self-driving cars. I'm like, I wonder if we could use that as a segue to a topic. And then I went back and looked at the topic list. And I'm like, oh, there's a topic here about the NHTSA and self-driving cars. I wonder if Andy will pick up on that. Yes, yes, I did. So, yes, the so? National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. NHTSA. That's different than the TSA. NHSB. And the uh, National... Uh, Highway Safety... Na- National N- NTSB. NTSB. Okay, National... N- yeah. National Transportation Safety Board. Okay. Different than the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Both part of the Department of Transportation? Uh, let's see. NHTSA versus NHTB. No, no, NTSB. NTSB. NHTSA establishes safety regulation for cars and light trucks that are brought to the market. The NTSB is focused on investigating the causes of accidents. Okay. Uh, The NTSB also investigates plane and boat crashes. These agencies approach safety from different angles. And they are currently at odd ends with each other about self-driving cars and how to regulate it. And another sad the, note, I'm looking at the current board members of the NTSB. Uh-oh. All of them appointed by Donald Trump. Yeah. National Transportation Safety Board is pointing to Tesla and Uber collisions as proof that the NHTSA needs to better regulate self-driving vehicles. <clears throat> what is it that CGP Gray said? They don't have to be perfect, they just have to be better than humans. Which, that's that's not hard to do. No. Nope. Did, you, did you see the one went around the internet a little bit about one of the guys here in Kalamazoo just drove straight into a big pile of wet cement on the road. Oh, no! Oh, I don't like that. I do not like that, sir. Just Kalamazoo, just construction zone, and just plowed right into a pile of wet cement. Oh, God. Were they okay? Yes, they were fine. The cement was not. No, the vehicle drove around traffic control devices before driving into the cement that had been recently poured for a utility cut. The fuck? Oh, let me just go around these barrels and, oh, why am I not moving anymore? Dumb shit. Yep. Yep. Ah, okay. Well, so anyway, what's, what's going on about the NHTSA this time? Well, they are putting some new rules in place um, that they don't actually need to have a uh, steering wheel and pedals if they are um, going into the full autonomous mode yet. So, okay, so the, the agency responsible for setting the standards and regulations of traffic safety are saying that there are you, you can have a car with no pedals, no steering wheel. Yes. 
I, that's ambitious. I mean, it's like super ambitious. Cause like, even if, if my car were a self-driving car, uh, I'd, I'd want some way to like take control of it. But n- like, if, if you have car companies who are testing fully autonomous vehicles yep. and trying to put out fully autonomous vehicles, yep. the current rules stated that no matter what level you are, if, even if you're fully level five, right. you will be required to have a dedicated driver's seat, steering wheel, steering column, and pedals. Good. Yep. Now they're saying... I, I- if it's level five, I think if it's specifically level five. And level five is the full, all conditions self-driving. Yes. God, Andy, I'm, I'm going to put it down now. I'm going to say it now. Like, buy a large tract of land in the middle of friggin' nowhere. Like, not near a city, not near, like, civilization. Somewhere maybe near a highway. And... Pave a road there, and then in like twenty years, you will get to use it and sell a driving experience because no one will be able to drive their cars anymore. So you want me to make a test track then, basically? I mean, that would be pretty cool, right? Like the oh god, what's the? There's one north of Ann Arbor. Are you talking about uh, Toyotas? Test no, track? Fords. I think it's Fords. Fords or GMs. GMs. It's huge. Oh, yeah. The GM test track? I measured it once, and it's just like this. We've talked about it on yeah. the show before. Uh, where is it? It's go north of Ann Arbor? Well, there's the Michigan. Okay, so uh, Ford Proving Grounds, Michigan Proving Grounds in Romeo. No, this is. it was on the way to Midland. Where the hell is Midland again? Ask me how I know it was on the way to Midland. <laughs> uh, that's not the right Midland. Maybe it wasn't Midland. Milford. It was on the way to Milford, Michigan. <laughs> not Midland, Michigan. I'm glad Milford, you know where you Michigan. were going, Dave. I, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just west of Milford, and it's just this, it's the General Motors Proving Ground. It's huge. I believe it actually has its own Wikipedia page. Now, the Michigan Proving Ground is 3,880 acres for Ford. Uh, The General Motors Proving Ground is 2,400 acres, but has a... Where is it? Where's the size of the circle? Oh, sorry. General Motors Milford Proving Ground is 4,000 acres. Includes the equivalent of 132 miles of road. Oof. And it has a... There it is. A 3.5 mile long circle track. It is three lanes. Apparently, I have not been on the road, but I've heard... Uh, reports that when you are on this road, it looks straight. Oh, it's one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And zooming in on it, like, yeah, no, it, it, I'm, I'm following the road, and it actually looks pretty straight. So yeah, just build something like that, and then sell a driving experience, because people won't be able to drive, because once we start putting out, like, self-driving cars, like, true 
true level five self-driving cars, they're going to make it illegal to drive. Which, you know, part of me would be sad about. Part of me is not sad about it. Which is why I think that there should be, like, go and open a, a driving theme park. Right? Like, come here for an authentic driving experience. Drive down the roads of Main Street. Try to parallel park. Ah, ha, ha. Parallel park on your first time will knock $10 off your admission. Man, I do have to say, having that rear camera for parallel parking now is just, that's like easy mode. Andy, my car parallel parks for me. Well, that just sucks. You want easy mode? My car literally has a button. That I'm like, I press the button, and it's like, okay, pull forward. And I'm like, okay, I pull forward, and it says, space detected. Stop. And I stop. And then it's like, all right, hands off the wheel. You, driver, will control the brake. That's basically it. You control the brake. The car controls the wheel. Oh, you also have to, ch- you have to change from drive to reverse. Um... The car does everything else. It does the wheel, it does the gas. You just change drive to reverse and use the brake. And it tells you what to do. Every step of the way, it's like, okay, now change to drive. So parallel parking is soups easy now. Well, yes, no, if my car would do it for itself, that'd be even easier. But, you know, before it's like, okay, I had to look over this shoulder and look over that shoulder and, you know, all the other. But now it's just like the rearview camera has... Little like lines on it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Um, so anyway, that's probably enough about self-driving cars this episode. Uh, but I see something about electric cars as well. Oh, for out in California? Sh- sure. Pacific Gas and Electric PG and E. Yeah, that. Um. So PG and E. Whatever has that had, topic is, I don't had. Uh, well, there there've been problems out in California with power issues. You know, due yeah. to wildfires I mean, and all that other fun state. stuff. Wildfires and the yeah, the power lines coming down and yes. brownouts and Okay. Um Oh, is this the thing where they want to take electric vehicles and turn them into like a massive battery? Yes. Like a distributed battery across the grid? Yes. I mean sure. As long as when my car's battery is powering the grid, I get to like make money off of that. And probably, like, I get to charge a usage fee to the energy company. Well, no, this is this would be kind of like an emergency use only sort of thing. Then I definitely charge a like usage fee to the, the electric company. If you're using your own car as a generator for your own house. Well, Andy, it, my understanding of the power grid is that there's no such thing as a generator for just your house. If it's hooked up to the grid, it's hooked up to the grid, isn't it? Like well, when I, 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 there's a, I guess if I plug a generator like into my fuse box, like what people do with a gas generator. Yes, it, gas, propane, something like that, a transfer switch of some kind that disconnects you from the grid and okay, then switches over to. Are they actually to, looking to use this as a switch off the grid, or is this a like it's a it's a distributed battery so it can handle surges better for the grid? This one is more of a power your house while power is out. Okay. I don't know that my car's battery is big enough to do that. <laughs> well, PG&E is teaming up with Ford to test vehicle 
they're what are they they're calling it vehicle to grid charging yeah i'm my car is like i, I guess if that <laughs> happens i'm not going to be like microwaving things I hope not, but you apparently know, maybe. your microwave is a really big energy consumer in the house for the short time that it's on. Well, duh. <laughs> duh. Thanks, Andy. What? Your microwave's at least thousand watts. Yeah, mine's actually eleven. Eleven hundred. Eleven hundred. It's a one point one kilowatt. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I'm i dealing with kilowatts now, so I, I understand these things. Trying to... I, I had to pull a uh, a five-kilowatt dummy load out of one of our other buildings and take it up here to work on our five-kilowatt transmitter. The dummy load is literally like the size of a radiator, like the, the old-school steam radiators in a house. It's just, oh my gosh, this thing is just so big and heavy. But its its job is just being a giant heat sink, so... Does yep. his job well. What is a dummy load? A dummy load is basically a heat sink. You you it's so you can pump RF energy into it. Yeah. And it will it will act um not as a good antenna, but at least it will accept the RF energy that your transmitter is outputting. So you can actually okay. test it. Because most of the time, if there's nothing plugged into your antenna, your transmitter is not going to do anything with the power because there's nothing to to put the power into. So you can't really crank your transmitter all the way up to full power if there's nothing there basically absorbing the RF. If I, my brain just broke for a second, I'm trying to piece things together. If I build a tower, yes, like a transmitter tower, like one of your radio antennas, out in the middle of nowhere, like literally the middle of nowhere, like there's no one around to listen to it. What happens when I pump power into it? When I try and transmit? If there's nothing to receive it, it still transmits, right? Yes. And it can transmit at whatever power I throw into it, right? Well, yes, in theory. So what's what's the purpose of this heat sink, transmitter sink? Is you have a transmitter. It is creating kilowatts of energy in RF frequencies. No, I'm pumping kilowatts of energy into it. Your transmitter? Right? right? What? Your dummy load? Your antenna? No, the, 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 whatever I'm transmitting with, am I not powering it? Well, you're putting you're putting electricity into the transmitter. Yes. That transmitter takes that electrical energy, yep, and basically powers something to create radio frequency RF right. energy, which is just broadcast out into the void. Yes, but it has to be broadcast through something. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm I'm conflating transmitter with antenna. Yes, those are two separate things. I see. I see. So the dummy load is taking the place of the antenna. Yes. Because you I have see. you have to dump the transmitter power somewhere. Right. My f- okay. That that is much more clear now. I I had kind of forgotten that there is a difference between the transmitter itself and the antenna that is transmitting the output of the transmitter. Because to a layman, the antenna is the trans, it is the device that is transmitting something. Yep. But that's not actually the case. There is a, a transmitter, which is taking electrical power and turning it into more electrical power in a different frequency range. Okay. And it's really a transformer. 
Well, you're going from electrical to entirely um, basically magnetic. Was it magnetic and the other one? I mean, my my understanding again of of like yeah, I know my my, field, but electrical energy, magnetic is the same energy, different perpendicular waves. Yes. So you're taking your your yeah your 120 kilohertz here in the U.S. and your your transmitter is putting it on a specific frequency somewhere in the RF quote unquote RF range of things. Right. The RF band, as yes. it were. But it's it's still electrical energy. It's just changing the frequency. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So yes, you could call it a transformer. Sure. Okay. I understand that it would be wrong within the industry to do so. Well, most of the time when you talk about... industry has picked sucks. (laughs) Well, most of the time when you talk about transformers, you talk about varying voltages. Voltages. Yes. And this is not changing the voltage. It's changing the frequency. Yes. Because all of this is AC. Yep. Right, and it's it is all about the frequency that it is moving at. Mm-hmm. What's really fun is the, uh, the FM is frequency modulation. So not only is it set at a certain frequency, but then when you apply audio to it, that frequency changes. Right, and it's it's also the the shift from electric energy to like photons. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, not even pretty much, right? Like, yeah. it is photons that are coming from a radio tower. Yes. Oh, we got in the weeds, and I am not in the mindset for getting into the weeds. <laughs> uh, so actually, with, with the idea that it's photons coming from the radio tower, there's actually a really cool thing that you can talk about with that, which is that, because um, it, like, it legit is photons, right? If we could see that spectrum, radio towers would be beacons of light. Yes, if you could technically see it. Okay. So someone explained the difference between AM and FM really fun uh, because AM transmitters, you are changing the brightness and FM transmitters, you are changing the color. Actually, that's actually that's pretty good. Yeah, no, I like that. It's not only pretty good. It is 100 percent accurate. It also explains why things like trees can cause interference on an AM transmitter. Because if you're looking at the tower through a bunch of leaves that are moving around, it's hard to tell if it's getting darker because it's supposed to get darker or if it's darker because a leaf moved in front of it. Mm. In Whereas theory, with FM tri- go ahead. It, well, the, the, it'd be, it's, it's hard to do it like that because AM's propagation is so much broader than mm. FM's. Mm-hmm. That most of the time, yeah, trees, unless you're on a fringe signal, aren't going to make that much of a difference to an AM signal. On an FM, higher frequency, less coverage um, could cause more issues with trees. But but you're not going to get the same distortion. You might lose the signal, but you're not going to get a distorted signal from it. Well, that's also kind of like you've had you've heard lightning on an AM radio, right? I mean, I haven't because I don't listen to AM radio. But um, AM radio doesn't have any, basically, error correction built into it. Right. So you're getting just the raw signal. So that's why if you have an AM radio on there, if it's ever lightning out, you can actually hear the lightning crack through your speaker. But, you know, FM, 
the audio shifts colors and the lightning's just a color. There's no yep. shift to it, so it doesn't actually p- get picked up on an FM yep. receiver. So yeah, that's <laughs> that was a fun little trip. That's that's a trip, man. That is indeed a trip. So what do you want to talk about next? Yeah, I was gonna say, do you want to talk about the Apple event? Oh, that's right, the mysterious Apple event that I was yes. like, it's gonna be Apple's augmented reality Google Glass thing. Nope. It wasn't? Nope. What was it? iPhone SE? Lame! Lame! Who the F cares? The iPhone got new, uh, uh, two different new colors, too. Not the Ooh. iPhone 13. No, no new hardware, just a new color. Two different shades of green. Ooh. Yep. So then, yeah, the, uh, the third generation iPhone SE, uh, they announced that. Uh, they announced a new iPad Air. They announced a new uh, model in the Mac line called Mac Studio. It's their new mm-hmm. compact little tiny Mac box. None of this is like, oh my god, how, like, Apple came out with this new thing. Like, who cares? Uh, they came out with the new M1 Ultra chip. Wasn't that an FBI, like, covert thing or a CIA thing? What was that CIA? Uh... With, with the goats? Oh, yeah, what was that? M- MK Ultra, MK Ultra, there we go. Okay, that's MK Ultra, and this is M1 Ultra? Yes. Did nobody at Apple connect that and say, you know what, guys, maybe we come up with a different name. No one at Apple figured that out. You mean like possibly almost having an SEX version? (laughs) Oh, oh, God, that'd be amazing. Oh, please. They, they, they switched that, right? They switched it from like SE versions and they switched it to like OS versions before they got to OS 10. Yep. Because they, they, nobody looked at it and thought, wait a second, if we keep going with this, <laughs> we'll eventually get to SEX. Oops. Well, but they caught that one, right? Yes. That's, that's fine. They, it's, oh, my. Uh, new monitor. God. Damn it, Apple. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of, um, expensive hardware, basically. Well, the iPhone SE, I think, what was the starting price on that? Was like six hundred. Yeah, six hundred. No, sorry, iPad Air five was six hundred. The iPhone SE four forty. It's like the cheapest Apple product ever. Yeah. Also coming in five G mode too. So <laughs> yeah, I so, yeah. Did nothing hear about the Mac Studio thing and like. That's that's a lot of processing power in a little box. Yes. 7.7 7. 7 inch square, 3.7 yep. inch tall. Yep. That is a tiny little box that will just... With 64 core GPU and 20 core CPU? Yep. So, like, get two or three of those and just video render ray tracing bullshit? God. That little tiny box, the M1 Ultra Mac Studio, starts at four thousand. Little tiny box that I can. Well, just... there's a lot of stuff in there, Andy. Yeah, no, that's just ridiculous. But yeah, that that's a little box that can do a lot. Yeah, I love that it's like targeted at creatives. Like you, you, you've got to be a pretty creative person to make full use of a twenty core CPU and sixty four core GPU. 
Yep. You know what that actually what that sounds like is a Bitcoin miner. I wonder how many of these are going to go to Bitcoin mining. I don't know. It'd be an interesting uh, interesting theory to test is how well can this thing mine bitcoins. So Andy, what I need you to do <laughs> sign up to get an M1 Max for two thousand dollars, not an Ultra. You don't need the M M1. Oh, Ultra, I don't need to go the over Max. the top with the Ultra. Just the M1 Max. Yeah, just the Max. Spend two thousand dollars and see if you can mine a mine a Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that. Thanks. <laughs> oh, if only we like actually made money off of this podcast. <clears throat> Why does their new monitor have a studio quality microphone in it? And what, 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 pray tell, is a nit of brightness? I don't know. I've never heard of that before. I know what a lumen is. Brightness. Nit. Okay, one nit is equal to, ready? One nit is equal to one candela per square meter. The you know sun at noon is rated at 1.6 billion nits. You know what nit sounds like? It sounds like somebody I'm... trying to be pretentious. <laughs> oh, oh, here here we go. A lumens to nits ratio. Jeez. Approximate no- amount of nits comparable to an approximate amount of ANSI lumens. You can multiply the number of nits by 3.426. So this is 600 nits. So 600 times 3.426 is a 2,000 lumen display. <clears throat> Well, the take on from Apple Insider here is that it's a great monitor, competitively priced with other 5K displays at similar pixel densities. And at that price, it brings more to the table with the quality speakers and webcam than the others. Because I'm going to trust Apple Insider's review on an Apple product. That's, That's exactly where I want to go for an unbiased review of Apple products. Well, let me see if I can find somebody else who can give her take on it. Granted, I monitors right now are just ridiculous. In cost or in well, no, features? just just you know, getting a basic monitor without all the bells and whistles. It it's actually kind of cheap right now. Really, that's good because I probably should get a new monitor. Granted, it was cheaper for me to get an, a TV than it was for just a straight monitor. I was looking at monitor or TV for our basement for the treadmill and rowing machine area. Ah. So I'm like, I've got a Chromecast, so do I either get a monitor and just plug the Chromecast into that, or do I, you know, get, get a, a TV? TV? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it turns out were, I'd gotten a TV with, a, uh, with the Chromecast TV built in, or Google TV built go. in, which I had talked about last week, so... Yeah, 27-inch monitor, 170 bucks. Not bad. No, just for um, just a straight 27-inch monitor. It's like, yes, I'll take that. So man, my, I th- I'm sitting here looking at my 24 going, man, this is so huge. And then if I just picture another three inches off on the side here. I have a 27-inch monitor at work now. It's enormous. 
and also required me to explain to my co-workers about the um, 2K, 4K swap over. Oh, how it flipped? Yeah, how yep. 4K was not four times as good as 1080. It was, in fact, just twice as good as 1080. It was the next step. Yep. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. And now, of course, you know, Japan is trying to do 8K stuff now, and we're still sitting here barely touching 4K. I'm still sitting here with a 1080 television. Yep. That I spent like $600 on. We still have the same 46-inch TV from like eight years ago? 10, yep. 12? Yep. I think it's just... Is this, this might be a 4K TV. I don't remember. Now I want to check. Now I got to figure out how to check. I guess looking up the model would probably be the easiest way to check instead of opening up the television and going through all of the menus. <laughs> yeah, the probably model number would probably be the easiest way. Uh, aspect ratio? Nope. Picture mode history. System information? Nope. So, Dave, do you want to talk about Russia or no? Oh. <sighs> Because we don't have to. We're at this point where we could easily hit, like, one more topic and then jump into the randoms. We we can talk about Russia in that, like, they are continually getting more and more isolated from the rest of the internet. Yes. How they are literally calling Facebook an extremist organization. How one of the backbone providers disconnected Russia. Two. Two backbone providers now. Two of the backbone providers disconnected Russia. And since Russia is getting disconnected from the rest of the uh, payment thing there, there is now going to be a law, let's say potential new law at the moment, called Priority Action Plan for Ensuring the Development of the Russian Economy in the Conditions of External Sanction Pressure. Okay. Which, um, basically, cancellation of liability for the use of software unlicensed in the Russian Federation. Say that again. The new law says there is now a cancellation of liability for the use of software unlicensed in the Russian Federation owned by a copyright holder from countries that have supported the sanctions. I, I, I hear the words, and I cannot follow what they're saying. Basically, they're throwing out the liability of you getting arrested and charged for using illegal software in Russia. As long so, as the software comes from a company who belongs to one of the countries that is supporting sanctions against russia so russians can pirate software from companies that are sanctioning russia and and not be in legal trouble yes within russia within russia yes that's an interesting solution to a problem the better solution would be withdraw from ukraine yeah man russia's just doubling tripling down on this thing and i i don't get it but i mean that's that's pretty intense um especially because i if they don't get rid of it i would fully expect other countries to reverse that which is to say like go ahead and use russian software for free if if russia doesn't want to play by the rules then russia doesn't get to play by the rules What's really funny is we use uh, Kaspersky antivirus. Oh, I got, I got rid of that a long time ago. Yeah, we have it for work. We're trying to get rid of it right now, but it's still just they they put out a uh, like a company you know 
email out to all of us going like, please don't get rid of us. It's not our fault. <laughs> They're like, we didn't invade Ukraine. Please keep using our product. But yeah, no, we're, we're doing some other antivirus stuff we're testing out right now, but still it was kind of funny to watch that email come across and be like, no, it's not our fault. Don't get rid of us, please. <laughs> please, please, please. Um, Okay, so last thing before we hit the randoms, I want to bring this up, yeah. is the fact yeah. that uh, the the next step for DeepMind is yeah, um, basically looking at degraded historical texts and figuring out what they're actually saying. Huh. <clears throat> That's an interesting use. So using, when, when they say historical texts... They are not talking about, like, SMS messages. No, no, no. Like, papyruses that are falling apart. Right. Like the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yes. So they uh, they basically took the... They started off with the largest digital collection of ancient Greek inscriptions. Yeah. Uh, totaling more than three million words. And then they basically trained their software to recognize and predict the missing letters of words in those inscriptions. And they used DeepMind's neural networks to handle it all. Interesting. So then the software would find the uh, as many as 20 different possible letters or words that might fill in the missing gaps and basically just give those 20 lists to the actual historians basically to tell them which ones they would be right and wrong. Huh. And of course, they, they put a, a competition against uh, Oxford grad students. And, of course, the computer beat the uh, crap out of them, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, 2,949 inscriptions. Computer had a 30% error rate. The grad student's error rate was 57%. Um, the software also required just a few seconds to decipher 50 inscriptions compared to two hours for the students. Yep, sounds about right. So that's, that's what they're doing now is they're uh, going through the ancient texts and... Um, Basically just taking little tiny bits and fragments and actually being able to restore the entire inscriptions. So that's what DeepMind's up to now. Well, good for DeepMind. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of good news there to end everything. Uh, sure, sure. A little bit of good news. We could all use a little bit of good news from yep. time to time. So, Dave, do you want to do... The- I would like to re- review something. I'm going to review Pokemon Legends Arceus. And it is Arceus. It's not Arceus. Um, it is. It has been confirmed that it is Arceus. Arceus is the god in Pokemon, to be clear. Like, it is, it is the in-universe deity. The thing that created Pokemon? Or is it a Pokemon himself, or what? Yes, actually. <laughs> it is a Pokemon... It is also the thing that created the universe. Okay. The universe exists because Arceus willed it. So this is a, it's a game on the Switch. It is a Pokemon game. It is not technically a mainline Pokemon game, but it basically is a mainline Pokemon game. And in fact, they've now announced the next mainline Pokemon games will be on the Switch, partly I I think due to the success of the most recent Pokemon games. Um, But Pokemon Arceus is a really interesting take on Pokemon. Um, 
the idea is you've been sent back in time uh, to an age before people being used to Pokemon. So everyone is, like, terrified of these creatures. Like, even the cute, cuddly ones. They're like, oh my god, keep it away from me. That thing is fucking dangerous. (laughs) And you are tasked with completing the very first Pokedex. uh, Which really does give rise and or credence i think to the the fan theory that the reason the pokedex is so fucked up is because it's written by children <laughs> so like the pokedex entry where it's like slugma is 9000 degrees fahrenheit like it's not it's just that was written by children uh but it's actually it's a really fun and refreshing take on pokemon Um, because it's not all about, like, catch it, battle it, battle it, battle it, catch it, battle it, battle it, battle it. Um, there's kind of, like, an open-world aspect to it. Uh, not necessarily open-world, it's zones. It's a zoned regional system. So, like, you go to a zone, you go back to the hub. You go to a different zone, you go back to the hub. Um, and each zone has, like, a different climate and different types of Pokemon there, and you get to watch the Pokemon frolic and play, and you sneak around. It's kind of a stealth game. Like, you're you're sneaking around because you don't necessarily want to fight all the Pokemon. You can just catch them without fighting them. But you have to catch them unaware because some of them get aggressive when people get close to them. Like animals do. It's crazy. Um... But, like, it's actually a fun game. It's got this little crafting system, so you're making your own Pokeballs, which are a recent invention. Um, And you just, like, you catch tons of Pokemon. You bring them back, and you uh, make friends with them, as you do in the Pokemon world. Uh, And, of course, there's, like, this story going on of these two local tribes that are, like, they've been unfriendly forever because they have different ideologies and uh, they both believe that like there is a deity that doesn't, it's not Arceus. It's a different deity that they believe in, except that in the, the Pokemon universe, that deity is actually two different Pokemon. One controls space. The other controls time. Long story short, they have a feud that's been going on for generations Um, and so there's a story about, like, trying to balance the two tribes and trying to get them to, like, cooperate and shit be weird. There's, like, these space-time distortion fields that are happening all over the place. Uh, so you have to investigate that. But, like, it's a really fun Pokemon game. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm excited to continue to play it. I have paused playing it. I haven't actually picked it up in, like, three weeks because Horizon Forbidden West came out, and I've been playing that pretty exclusively. Like, all of my time's been going to Horizon Forbidden West. If I were not recording the podcast right now, I would be playing Horizon Forbidden West. Okay. That's it. I, that's that's the review. It's fun. It's on the Switch. Uh, if you have a Switch, if you at all enjoy Pokemon, it's worth picking up. There are some people who were disappointed in the graphics, to which I reply, it's a fucking Pokemon game? I don't care. I remember playing Pokemon when there were 
four color grayscale. <laughs> it's fine. The graphics are fine. They're not amazing. They're not jaw dropping. They're fine. Well, there you go. I uh, still still needed to actually just do Pokemon and not not have my OCD, you know, click on. Yep. Well, the the nice the nice thing about this one is um so to complete the Pokedex, you have to complete different tasks like watch the Pokemon or catch five of the Pokemon or do uh like battle five of them or watch it use a certain move in a battle um or complete a quest involving the Pokemon. But like you don't have to complete every task in the dex entry for the dex entry to be completed. Okay. So I think it would actually help you with your, like, I have to do everything. You don't actually have to do everything for the game to say that you did everything. Alright. Well, I don't have a Switch, so I'm not going to have to worry about that. Maybe at Mana C this year I'll let you try it out. I think I might be a bit busy. Probably. Probably. Random topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Uh Uh-huh. What was your reaction when your parents had the talk with you? So my parents never really had the talk with me. I don't think they had the talk with me either. I don't remember anything like, you know. It it must come from being the youngest where they're like, ah, whatever. Uh, My mom basically said, like, use a condom unless you want to get someone pregnant. That, that was pretty much it. So I'm like, yep, got that. Already know. Thanks. I can't, I can't think of anything. Like, <laughs> I, I was the last of four kids, so, you know. Yeah. I think at that point I was kind of just, you know, the, the free-range chicken of the children. <laughs> That's an interesting way of putting it, Andy. <laughs> well, it's like I had talked about with a psychology class where you were talking about early childhood <laughs> development. And part of the thing was supposed to, you know, talk to your parents about your own early childhood development. You're supposed to write a paper on it. And I go to my parents, and I'm like, so when did I start talking? They're like, uh, I don't know, sometime around two, we think? <laughs> I'm like, like well... Yeah, I'm like, well, what about my baby book? And they're like, oh, we know, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't do one for you. <laughs> we, we didn't bother. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess, uh, thanks. <laughs> like... Good. That, that's that's thanks, guys. I, yep. I appreciate it. Yeah. So yes, no, thanks. I don't think they ever had the talk with me about it. So can't I can't really say how I reacted because it never happened. Yeah. Sorry, Hans. Uh, this random topic was a bit of a dud. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>